Thank you for being with us today, whether you're worshiping here in the building or joining us online. It is good that you're able to be here tonight to hear these words. Now, for the Wednesdays in Lent this season, we are going to be looking at God's amazing grace. You see, it's the 250th anniversary of the hymn's writing of Amazing Grace. So over the next five weeks, we're going to be using this teaching series by theologian Michael Hoy, who ties the words of this beloved song to our lives today as followers of Jesus. So this week, listen closely if you have ever despaired. Because tonight... We hear about God's amazing grace for the despairing. So we start there with that question. Have you ever despaired? Has there ever been a time in your life when meaninglessness and hopelessness seems to seep into your spirit so deep where you cannot find light beyond the darkness? If so, you're not alone. Many, indeed, most of all of us have gone through such times. And yet, while we go through these times, we're not alone because Emmanuel, right? Because God is with us. And God's promising word to us in such times as these speaks a message of hope. Comfort, oh comfort my people, says your God. A time would come for the people of Israel when the glory days of their kingdom would be a distant memory. There would be no more boasting of the great city of Jerusalem or its great temple, for these would be leveled and left in ruins. And the only ones to rule over them were kings of foreign lands. This would be the time of their exile. And yet to make matters worse, they knew that their exile was the punishment. Their punishment for the sins that they had committed. The prophets of Israel warned that a day of judgment was coming. When they would be held accountable for their injustices against the poor and the marginalized. For their worship of false gods. And for their consistent boasting in their own selves, in their own superiority. Even though these prophets were ignored and ridiculed, this day of judgment came. And the exile marked their own guilt. Now the scars, the scars of their exile weighed heavily upon their spirits. Their days were filled with emptiness. Their faith in God grew cold and faint. And their hearts were filled with despair. But then God, right? God of love, God of mercy, God of amazing grace would bring a new message to them through the prophet Isaiah. This time, There was no warning. There was no judgment. Instead, God proclaimed a message of amazing grace and abundant good news. Comfort, O comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and cry to her that she has served her term, that her penalty is paid, 
that she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. Who among us does not welcome a message of comfort? Especially when we find our spirits weighed down by anxiety and despair. Who, who among us, especially when we know the depth of our own sins and the guilt of our conscience, would not value the precious grace of God sharing words of comfort and consolation? Who would not want to, to worship a God who seeks us out, not to judge us, but to speak tenderly to us, to nurture us back to wholeness, to life? to set us up on a, a new path of righteousness and hope. You see, God, the one true God, does not leave his people in despair. He does not leave them in, in a place where judgment and death have the last word. The last word with God, with this one true God, is God's word of enduring, amazing grace. And we count on that everlasting promise of that saving word. The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God will stand forever. The word of our God will stand forever. His promising word speaks hope. His word declares an end to the chains of exile and declares that instead of, of prisoners of despair and, and judgment, we're now set free. God's word declares that, that their journey, the Israelites' journey to freedom, will be seen through the eyes of all humanity as a testimony for all of God's enduring and glorious, amazing grace. A voice cries out in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be lifted up, and every mountain and hill be made low. Then uneven ground shall become level, and the rough places a plain. Then the glory of the Lord shall be revealed, and all the people shall see it together, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. Isaiah describes how the wilderness itself will become transformed before their very eyes. Instead of a land of dryness and, and loneliness... God will make it a place of welcoming beauty and streaming rivers. I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert and give drink to my chosen people. For the Lord will comfort Zion. He will comfort all her waste places and will make her wilderness like Eden, her desert like the garden of the Lord. And joy and gladness will be found in her, thanksgiving and the voice of song. And when this joyous journey across the wilderness reaches its destination, and home is in sight, then the people, the people will raise their voices in praise to the God who fulfills their gracious journey. Here is your God. See, the Lord comes with might, and his arm rules for him. He his reward is with him, and his recompense before him. He will feed his flock like a shepherd. He will gather the lambs in his arms and carry them in his bosom, and gently lead the mother sheep. We've heard of Isaiah, but we also know of another prophetic voice who cried out in the wilderness. 
Prepare the way of the Lord. John the Baptist pointed to Jesus the Christ as our liberator. He said, here is the Lamb of God. Here is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Jesus the Christ is the living word of God. He will bring forth righteousness. He will bring forth hope for you and me, for all who are despairing. Here is my servant whom I uphold, my chosen in whom my soul delights. I have put my spirit upon him. He will bring forth justice to the nations. He will not cry or lift up his voice or make it heard in the street. A bruised reed he will not break. A dimly burning wick he will not quench. Jesus, the living word of God, will comfort all who are desperate. Jesus, the the living word of God, will comfort all who are defeated. He will shine his light upon their darkness. A light to the nations, to open the eyes that are blind, to bring out the prisoners from the dungeon, from the prisons, those who sit in darkness. And, and Jesus, this living word of God, cast out all fear. All fear. This Jesus forgives you and me. He forgives us of all our sins. Do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. I, I am he who blots out your transgressions for my own sake and will not remember your sins. He will not remember your sins. And not only will he not remember your sins and my sins, Jesus, the living word of God, sits at table with us. He sits at table with disgraced sinners, welcoming and befriending them. Even as he freely hosts us with his forgiveness, with his love, at his own table of grace. Ho, everyone who thirsts, come to the waters. And you who have no money, come, buy and eat. Come, buy wine and milk without money and without price. Yet such promise for you and for me, for for us, does not come cheaply. Jesus, the the, the living word of God, does not only accompany us through the wilderness of our own sin, but he follows the path that will lead him to the cross, that will lead him to all its shame. He had no form or majesty that we should look at him, nothing in his appearance that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by others, a man of suffering and acquainted with infirmity, And as one from others hid their faces, he was despised, and we held him of no account. Despised and rejected by others, we follow this suffering servant. We follow this suffering servant, Jesus the Christ, to the cross. So that we might behold his saving grace. We trust him. We, we, we trusted he was willing to pay a, a great price for our sake in order that we may, might be made whole, that we might be made whole in his righteousness and that we could be healed from all our despair. 
Surely he has borne our infirmities and carried our diseases, yet we accounted him stricken, struck down by God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions, crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the punishment that made us whole, and by his bruises we are healed. At such a great cost, God desired that all of humanity should be saved. All of humanity should be saved and none should perish. The righteous one, my servant, shall make many righteous, and he shall bear their iniquities. He bore the sin of many and made intercession for the transgressors. In our own lives, we will experience the despairing wilderness. We may come to suffer the truth of our guilt and shame. We may have to face the disgrace of remorse and and defeat. And in our lives, even fear and anxiety as we face the shadows of death. But over all that wilderness... We dare to trust Jesus. We dare to trust that Jesus, the living word of God, brings new amazing grace every day for our lives. Behold, I am about to do a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? He who would not break a bruised reed or extinguish a dimly burning wick He will indeed faithfully bring you and me hope. He will bring us hope over all despair. For Jesus, the living word of God, is with us in our journey through the wilderness. And he sees us through. He sees us through no matter what that wilderness looks like. He sees us through all the way to the very promising end. We're finally... We will be brought home in peace and joy. So shall my word be that goes out from my mouth. It shall not return to me empty, but it shall accomplish that which I purpose and succeed in the thing for which I sent it. For you shall go out in joy and be led back in peace. So now what? Whenever our thoughts become dark and we're dying in the wilderness of our sins, whenever we're caught in the depths of despair and the harsh isolation of exile, whenever we can't imagine anything possibly good for our lives and all our plans go to waste, There God comes. There God comes to you, to me, in Jesus the Christ, to shine light on our darkness. Do not despair. You shall not die, but live. You shall not despair. You shall come to know the fullness of God's amazing grace and that promise through Jesus the Christ right to you.
then our darkened imaginations, our darkened imaginations will give way to God's own brilliant light. My thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are my ways your ways, says the Lord. My thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways. Instead of defeat and despair, there are sure and certain signs of comfort and joy, healing and hope. And we only can find this in one place. We lay hold of this truth through our faith in Jesus Christ. From God, through Christ, right to you. Through faith, you and I get to declare the everlasting promises of God. As though they are very own. They're our very own to know and then to proclaim. Even as they were for the prophet Isaiah some 2,000, 3,000, 4,000 years ago. You see, you guys were witnesses of God's living word. We're witnesses of Jesus the Christ. And through that word, we are blessed messengers of his good news. How beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of the messenger who announces peace, who brings good news, who announces salvation, who says to Zion, your God reigns. Your God reigns. In the midst of the vast wilderness that you are facing, your God reigns. And the love that Jesus Christ has for you will see you through in hope and grace and mercy that he gives to you by his death on the cross and his resurrection from the grave. Friends, in Jesus' name, amen and amen.